Ono sheds a ton of light on the future of Street Fighter V in a brand new interview with Eurogamer. Harada offers thoughts on the subject of accurate cultural representation through fighting game characters, and Catalyst has some encouraging words for low-tier heroes, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey yo. How's it going? Actually, I'm. I, today has been crazy because we had an entire podcast figured out of what we wanted to talk about and how we wanted to approach it, and then this Ono interview drops, and it was an atom bomb just dropped on all of our plans. So everything right now is off the cuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we have tried to prepare as best we can, but uh, it's fighting games are unpredictable. So. Yeah, here we go. So uh, the the big takeaway here, and there's a lot. There's so much to get through. Um, we'll definitely be unpacking this on the website, you know, for the next couple of weeks, probably, uh, and here on the podcast for the same amount of time. Uh, there's so much to get to and so much to take away. Ono statements are very often loaded, and we're definitely going to be talking about how loaded they are. But uh, let's get right into it and mention that the the new tournament mode uh, is what Ono says is coming, and kind of like the big crowning achievement of their team during this time and he said it's going to blow the current one out of the water in terms of the scale as it could be dozens to hundreds of people hundreds of people taking part in a tournament at the same time uh mm. i don't know how that's going to work i do remember champion mode or whatever in uh that they all added in super street fighter 4 um uh, this sounds interesting to me. It definitely sounds like a way that could, you know, bring in some more uh, casual players potentially to the game, you know, and have them play and whatnot. Uh, I don't know how this is going to tie into like the league points or, or what it's going to be, but Capcom's very proud of this one. And it was, you know, kind of the main thing that, that Ono jumped out with to discuss with Eurogamer. So, yeah, he says when he's asked about what's coming, he says, I can't really go into details, but it's going to be this additional mode. At the moment, we have group tournament. It's about eight people that can be invited to a lobby. Um, and he says, this new mode will blow that out of the water in terms of scale. Still working out the details, but it'll certainly be dozens, hundreds of people that can take part in a tournament at the same time. So, cool, it's a new tournament mode. I have a, about 100 ideas of what that might actually be. And I gotta say, I'm not super excited by that prospect, but also I'm, I'm gonna wait and see what it actually is before I make too many judgments. But the other big part of this is that that's what they're talking about. And then he clarifies, we're not talking about a super or an ultra kind of update that I mean, we've been talking about that a lot on the website and on the podcast. And Ono knows that he's a lot of different outlets have been discussing the the probability or the possibility of that. And he's kind of shutting that down. So uh, my interpretation of this is that it's going to be this new tournament mode thing, whatever that is, and it's not going to be a big mechanical overhaul. It's not going to have as much to do with gameplay. The gameplay that we have is more or less what we have. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely get into that here in a second. Um, but I, I do want to circle back to the tournament mode and mention that this kind of like, I remember Tetris 99 coming out and everyone being very hyped about having 99 players in there. And the fact that Ono is saying not 100 players, but hundreds of players playing in a tournament match all at the same time. I'm like, what is this? Like, what are they doing where, where they're this hyped about, you know, hundreds of people playing. We, we remember tournament modes getting added to these games before. Right. Yes. And it, it's been whatever, you know, kind of thing. It's like, it's, it's cool. You know, like we're, we're always happy to have new content, new modes to play with. Like we enjoy that, but the way they're hyping this up is very interesting, and we've seen some some mock-ups of a quote-unquote tournament edition of Street Fighter V's logo floating around, and this might be a much bigger deal than it ever has been before. And, and this actually kind of reminds me, I just mentioned Tetris 99, but maybe like more of a Fortnite, more of a like, hey, this is like a, a battle royale, right? Like we're, we want a bunch of people in there, not all playing at once, but some kind of system to tie it in there. Um, and to me, being an online player, you know, playing quite a bit, like this has to have like a league points or some kind of ranking or reward system like built into it. And if it replaces the current one and it's like, hey, you're going to be playing in tournaments from this point on, you know, and you can play ranked if you want to. But like this is like the new way to play Street Fighter V. I'm fine with that. I don't mind simulating more of the offline tournament experience now. Right. Like in having like these giant tournament brackets and all that. That'd be kind of cool. I can go with that, but I don't know. This to me doesn't sound like just an average tournament mode. This sounds like, wow, they're going to like, you know, dial it up to the nine. So my expectations are very high 
considering this is kind of like what Ono led with and like the mock-ups that we've seen running around for, for Street Fighter V's new logo. A couple of things. First of all, previous modes that sound similar to this. Again, we're going to wait until it comes out before we pass Final Judgment, of course. But I remember even back in Street Fighter Two, there was a tournament mode where you would pick however many, 8 or 16 or 32, I don't uh, characters or players most of them would be of course the computer and then you could have yourself in there as well and all these matches would play out you would basically simulate a tournament and those kinds of modes are still in games today i think flow is famous well not famous but flow famously uh does this for capcom cup where he'll he doesn't actually i don't think there isn't like a mode like this in street fighter 5 yet outside of just the lobbies uh but you know make these fantasy tournaments and um have like for Capcom Cup, he'll have the uh, the characters, once the seeding comes out, pit all the characters that probably are going to face each other in Capcom Cup together and see who would have won, things like that. I've seen recently, um, a lot of streamers like to do things where they, like there's a tournament mode in Smash Ultimate, I think it was Leffen or Zero, was using that. Uh, I don't know the specifics of it, but it's a, it's a cool little thing to watch uh, or, or like do, but it certainly isn't the central pull for a lot of these games for people it's not a mode that you're going to use every single day and it feels relatively tangential to the whole street fighter experience those modes from the past and like you were kind of saying they've been kind of meh fair enough um there's also in street fighter 5 the example of and i think this is in the same ballpark the team mode that they added with arcade edition remember that Yeah. And I say, remember that, because even though it's in there, how many, when's the last time you, you went into team mode, if ever? And it's, it's a really cool mode. I've actually explored it once here locally. We, did a, we had a tournament where we used it. We explored it, and we had to figure out what it was. And, and it, it makes for some cool situations, but the players don't tend to jump into these things. So whatever this new thing is going to be, it's got to be something different. Because like they don't even use the team mode for Street Fighter League. It's a 3v3 league, and it, it's, it's just team play. And they didn't even use this thing. I so mean... I agree with you, and, and let me let me throw out there like what. Let's say you win a match with um, two hundred people in tournament, right? And you get like five thousand fight money. Like that's the way that they prop this up, or they do something like that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways that they can do it, and and again, it, this seems to me like a much bigger thing than just what they've always done, right? Yes. Like this is this is being propped up as much bigger than that. So. Well, and you said championship mode. Earlier, yeah, like I'm you're talking about, was. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure. I, I think this is what you're talking about, and I think this was only in vanilla of Street Fighter Four. Super from what Street I Fighter Four. But yeah. It was in Super. I thought they yeah. got rid of it in Super, and it became something else after vanilla. You see, yeah, my memory's hazy. It's the other way. I thought it like they added it in Super, and then they got rid of it in Arcade Edition. It was the coolest yeah. thing. Is okay. So for those that don't know, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same thing, but correct me if I'm wrong. You would go online and you would play a match against someone, um, and that would be like level one. And you'd play against someone else that was just on level one. Now, if you won your match, you would now be uh, a level two. And you would play someone that was at level two. And if you won that match, I think you got more points or something along those lines. I don't remember what exactly the rewards were, but it mattered to win. And if you won like four in a row, that meant that you beat somebody else that had won three in a row. And you got more points and a little fanfare and a picture of a trophy or something. I don't know. But it was fun. It did add another layer of the competitive experience to Street Fighter 4, and I was very sad to see that go by the wayside. Now, when you said Tetris 99 and you bring up Fortnite and you bring up uh, uh, Battle Royale, you don't think, well, how does that translate to Street Fighter or fighting games in general? I don't I don't see everyone doing stuff at the same time. Well, maybe what I assume you're getting at here is 200, 300 people all in a tournament and it's almost as though the Smash GG brackets are just immediately available on CFN instead of having to go to Smash GG like a lot of online tournaments are run right now. But you play against people and and you you know make it to the next level. So you're playing against people that have won and there's a little more significance in the competition there and you're playing against the next people that won or so. I would have fun with that. I mean, it's still online. <laughs> it's it's still online, and it's still Street Fighter V online. But I can appreciate that. Would that be enough to bring enough life to the game for, for as long as it needs? I don't know. But I am intrigued at that. 
Yeah, my, my son won a match of Fortnite, a couple of matches of Fortnite, and he still talks about it as a big deal. I think I, I played it for like a day, and I got like uh, I was playing with him. And I got like third or fourth, like my first time through, or somewhere around there. I used to play first person shooters a lot, so mm-hmm. um, I'm halfway decent at them still. Uh, but it adds a whole kind of new layer to the game. Like, look, ranked is proven. Like, it is a proven thing that the fighting game community loves. But for casuals and a lot of other people, that's boring. It's just like, okay, well, I'm randomly playing people. There's no game within the game, so to speak, right? Sure. Like, you're just literally running into people, which there's, I have no issue with. Like, I think it's fine. But this is adding a whole new layer, as you've been mentioning, that we've potentially never seen before. And that's where I'm intrigued by it. I'm not on board with it. I want way more details. But the fact that Ono's already talking about this before the announcement would lead you to believe that there's quite a bit more there that he's going to be talking about at the official announcement. Um, again, Capcom could pull a fast one and like, oh yeah, it's just tournament mode. Like somehow links up a couple hundred people. Ah, enjoy it, you know, type thing. But again, whole new logo, all this kind of stuff coming in there. That again, reeks to me of some kind of big change coming to the game, especially this this is kind of their anchor point of brand new content because uh, there's not a lot else coming. There is more coming, but there's not a lot else. This seems like it's mainly it. And, and I got to ask you, uh, we'll probably go into more detail on this later, but when you're, as you were just reading this and thinking about this and realizing that this is the big thing, and we don't have the full picture yet, but this is like the the first kind of reveal for it at all, and our first inclination of what it might be, and the fact that it's not going to be a lot of the stuff that we've talked about as far as um, changing the way the game plays, what is your emotional reaction to that right off the bat? Right now, having us talking about it, I'm fine with it because I'm going to give them the benefit of the, the doubt to try something new. You know, because we, we talk about this all the time, like, why don't you guys do something new with your games? Why are you not innovating? Why are you not? Why are you doing the same old, same old that we've always seen? And then the moment that they do that, everyone's like, well, what are you doing that for? We don't. Yeah. This is new. We hate it. You know, type thing. And I don't want to fall into that trap. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's Capcom. I'm skeptical. And I think most of the people listening to this should be very skeptical of the company. Zykes, if you're listening to this, I understand if you're not, but everyone else, <laughs> <laughs> they should be skeptical, right? Um it's their track record is a little dicey here, but I don't want to put them on blast immediately because they're trying something new and they're trying something that's potentially never been done before in fighting games. I want to say, okay, what is this? And, and can you deliver this at a high level? Yes, I am simultaneously disappointed that I'm, I'm fairly sure we're not getting any mechanical changes, things along those lines. But I am intrigued, and like I said, I would play in a handful of these, say, 100-man tournaments online because, well, just for the experience of it alone. I don't know if I would continue to. It would depend on the the specifics of those experiences. But it is something. Mm -hmm. It is something. So, And and as we'll get to here, uh, Capcom does have a direction that they want to go with the game, at least for the next uh, year or so. So... Yeah, Ono mentions that that they're fine-tuning this mode right now, right? And it's going to be ready, quote-unquote, in a couple months. Doesn't mean it's coming right away. That that puts the timeline of this as either like a late December or early January right now, uh, if a couple is two, which it usually is. uh, It can be up to three. Um, It's not going to be ready right away, so I'm I'm assuming we're going to get an announcement either at the North uh, North American Regional Finals or at Capcom Cup. Mm-hmm. And and so either way, we should get a lot more details of how this mode works here very soon, like very very soon. Um, and it's the devil's going to be in the details on this one. I'm man, if they do it right, like imagine a great tournament mode where you get good rewards. Uh, people are somehow appropriately matched with each other. I don't know how that would work. Like maybe you only let like you know grandmaster players play like as low as gold ranked players, um, and you know you don't like lose or gain league points, but you can get fight money. Uh, maybe you can get like brand new costumes or other like you know stuff like winning a tournament with a couple hundred people in there. That's going to be rare, right? So the prize that you can put on that, you can put a good premium on that if you know you get enough entrance into it. Uh, and there's some very dynamic stuff they can do. And man, to this day, I still hear people say like, yeah, I've won a couple of Tetris 99 matches like where I was the number one player. It holds some weight. And that's a way of bringing in some casual gamers who maybe have put the game aside and don't want to play it again to see how far they can get in a tournament match. Like it's a brand new way of doing 
online ranked basically, right? And, yeah. and tournaments are are very well proven. Like they they are very well proven in our fighting game community. Maybe maybe charge people a hundred fight money to enter the tournament, and it goes into a pot, and there you go. You're you're playing with fight money, and that makes that instantly more relevant, and all of a sudden a, a bigger commodity. I <laughs> believe me, I know. Bring up fight money; it's pretty much a dirty word at this point. But if you wanted to bolster up the game's economy and start to make that something that people talk about with uh, pleasantry in their voice as opposed to negativity, maybe this is the start for that as well. Who knows? There, there are a lot of possibilities with this. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm cautious, but I am looking forward to seeing what they do. So Ono was asked next up that if this tournament mode is going to signal a brand new refresh of Street Fighter V. And he immediately poured water on that idea and he cited Super Street Fighter 4 and Ultra Street Fighter 4 as being gigantic updates for that, you know, game. And he's like, no, that's that's not what this is. It's not so much like those. Um, he said it is going to be a big addition to Street Fighter 5, but the focus is going to still remain on gradually adding more features and characters to the game. And so that was interesting to me because... It alludes to the idea that Capcom would keep updating the game, where previously they have only promised support up until 2020, which is like two months away. Uh, this this basically hints and says that like we're kind of planning on updating the, this game a little bit more. We're going to get into this uh, even more in further detail, but... To me, there, there's like Street Fighter Five has actually got a good life in front of it, is what I'm seeing. I'm not saying like a long life, but like they're gonna keep touching the game because there, there's all these statements and whatnot that basically don't outright say we're getting this stuff, but very heavily hint that all this stuff is going to still be on the table and go for it. So, well, yeah. what do you when you say all this stuff? I, I kind of want to dig in because my mm -hmm. initial reaction to this. Uh, what I'm as I'm going through and I'm going okay so what are they specifically going to be still attending to and what's done with and a lot of it, it seems to be done with I don't think we're going to get any updates to the game like mechanically or anything like that but he... I, I want to be so sure about that one actually so I, I could be wrong I, I, I'm very sure more balance changes are coming from statements that they've just yes. made uh, those are a lock but I wouldn't necessarily be so unsure about mechanics too so I don't think we're getting more characters after this, the end of this year. From mm -hmm. what that's what I'm gathering out of what's been said in this interview. I think that the the year ends, we get this big new mode, and probably another. I would guess two characters. Keep it consistent and have six per year, and then things are going to get locked down uh, quite a bit, especially um, for the Intel World Open. But like balance changes after that. Uh, so so sure they might they might do another nerf buff patch or two um, and I think we'll get one at the end of this year as well so maybe one or two after that uh, just at random times that that Capcom deems appropriate but I don't think we're going to get more characters I think we'll finish this uh, season out and whatever we get here in the end of 2019 will be the full roster so I'm I definitely want to address that, but there's so much here. I'm I'm gonna kind of uh, jump. Yeah, to we can get to point. it later. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a great point. Um, ono goes on to say actually that next up that there are things coming in in November and December, and we already know that he's flat out said we're getting more uh, more characters in November and December, and I should say more characters like we're getting one in, in November, one in December at the very worst. Right, that is something he's outright said. Um, I, he's not gonna go back on his word. That is confirmed. Right. So what's interesting to me is, again, that he said things instead of just characters. Those things could be characters or they could be the tournament mode. They could be a bunch of other stuff that Capcom is working on. They might not have shown all of their hand right now. Uh, in, in an interview with Eurogamer, why would you you know, show your entire hand at that point? You want to save some stuff for announcements, but you do want to hint at what's coming to build some momentum, right? To have people look forward to these announcements at Capcom Cup and the regional finals for North America. You have to have momentum. That's, that's marketing 101, right? That's why you do these interviews. You get people excited for the announcements. They tune in and then you know hopefully you're able to deliver on some of that so it's interesting to me sometimes the words that ono chooses to use in these interviews sometimes it might be reading too much into it but sometimes as we know he hints at more stuff that's coming yeah i so, see that and i go things is a, what you said characters and uh the new mode that makes it plural two big things and and that's all i'm really getting out of this so far right um a few other rumors that we have heard about potentially being in the works. So first, Street Fighter V are improved netcode, 
which we are going to get into here in a little bit because Ono made some very strong statements about how important netcode is to games. Uh, I'm, again, reading in more to how rollback netcode works, and that is what Street Fighter V has. It has a, the Kagamusha, I believe is the pronunciation on it, um, rollback netcode in it. It is not a trivial process to implement netcode. It is very, very, very hard. Uh, and actually, Guilty Gear 2020, um, they have just, uh, the developers recently acknowledged that like overseas requests uh, in the USA here um, for rollback netcode for Guilty Gear have been very strong, but the developers are currently unsure if they can even implement rollback netcode into the game. Like it's a big deal. And, and some of these smaller development houses are, do not have the resources and ability to add in rollback netcode. Uh, and the fact that, uh, that Ono is actually mentioning it very prominently, it leads me to believe that some of the, the rumors that we've heard could be true of Street Fighter V potentially getting improved netcode. Not saying it's a lock. I'm just saying that like it wouldn't shock me. And then um, another thing is we've also heard rumors for a long time now of a new story mode coming to the game. And, I, you know, that's going to be a very hit or miss no. prospect for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> the collie, like they're going to explain why he's a water sheep, right? Like it's finally going to happen. Um, those are kind of like the main things that, that we've heard, you know, in the ether. Um, those would align well with Capcom gradually rolling out content and breathing life into Street Fighter V until it's time to move on to Street Fighter VI. Uh, those kind of things, like they make sense, right? The tournament mode is like they're they're out of, you know, out of nowhere kind of mode no one expected, new characters, balance updates, and then maybe these other things and whatnot. Um, because Capcom is saying, in, in parts of this, they're, they're flat out saying like, look, we're not moving on from Street Fighter V right away. This is this is not like, you know, through 2020 is all we're going to do. It's like, no, everything they're saying is like hinting much more that they have more planned for the game. I'm not saying a lot more, but they do have more planned and they want to see more done with it. I think on that front... They want to get the game to a certain place with this big update. They want to give it one last big oomph and then and then not change much. And that oomph is there to set the stage for a training ground for the Intel World Open. So that that can be, that seems to be something of a finish line for the game. And then maybe there's an after party beyond that. But it, I, they're setting up for the first, what is that, in July? Uh, the end of July is, is when the Intel World Open happens. I think it, that, when it ends, actually, uh, or, July twenty second and twenty fourth, the the World Finals happen. Yeah, and so it's going to wrap up very similar to the situation we've had here in, uh, with season four of Street Fighter Five, where it's very likely we don't see any characters or balance updates uh, uh, beyond what we're getting here at the end of the year until Evo. That is right. pretty much a timeline, like. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about what is it's that, a like week a week, before Evo. Week, week before Evo. And I mean, we know they want to do stuff at Evo and like that timeline perfectly aligns with it. Yes. So that's seven months there between the end of December and when the Intel happens, I think is going to become a, a not, I don't want to say stagnant, but I, they're not going to develop anymore. They're going to like, this is Street Fighter V. This is what you have to play, practice up, focus on qualifying for, and then performing at the Intel World Open uh, simultaneously, of course. Get ready to watch that whole process play out if you're not as much of a competitor. And this is where we're at. Like This is the goal, the, the shorter-term goal, and probably, uh, well, the short-term goal is kind of the only goal maybe left because after that, it's like, I don't know. I mean, that, that takes us a, a good seven months into or eight months into 2020 and then you're kind of looking to the future uh, next chapters from there yeah um i mean he's and he flat out says that that um once they get these updates out then we're going to say this is street fighter 5 as it exists right now and then let it run in its current form until this tournament the until open is o uh, over before mm -hmm. that ends and again as you say that's seven months seven months of no characters are balance updates from capcom that's pretty much confirmed at this point in time and that is again exactly what we saw with season four of the game we just went through it uh, i know people are not big fans of that um but this is now them going on record and setting that expectation that for season five of the game that's 100 percent what we're going to see and and i think that's digestible that's totally fine because they're saying that's what they're doing they're not you know, we're doing things differently, dot, 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 and then we'll see you in eight months. And you don't even know that we'll see you in eight months. It just any day now, it could happen. And you're just leaving people out there to wonder. That's not what they're doing here. And also, we've had four years at this point of development on the game. 
maybe you're not as, you know, the, the community is not set up to expect as much. So I think that's just fine that they would do it that way. I mean, if, if you're still wanting more content, well, that's a bummer, but I don't think that the, uh, this is a wrong move by Capcom. Yeah. So Ono does say that, that once a tournament mode is out, they're going to lock down the game for a while. As mm-hmm. we just established, that could be coming, you know, um, it's, so, I mean, that, that makes it very clear. It's coming either into December, January, somewhere around that time. But I will mention that the Intel Open, the qualifiers for that, do not start until February or March. We have seen balance updates to Street Fighter V uh, in the March timeline before. You know, that, that has happened with the .5 balance chat, uh, patches where we've gotten a couple months of the game and then they've went back and updated it pretty quickly. So it is still possible that they update the game in that very small window. I just would not put it as likely. Um, I think that the the tournament mode is going to come around, you know, January or so. And at that point in time, we're going to get the season five balance patch. And, and then then the game is going to be what it is for, uh, you know, six months, seven months from that period on. Right. Yeah. Um, I will note there that Capcom has said in the past that if there was something game breaking, they would release an emergency patch for it. So I think that's always on the table. You know, if they, you know, announce Rose and she can do 5 billion damage with, you know, a blink of her eye, that's going to get patched out. Like, I, I don't see that staying in there. Um, and maybe they sneak in some minor stuff like you've mentioned before. They, they've nerfed Akuma's like normals, like in a random patch before. You know, they, they've had a few things like kind of go, but I do think that a giant um, overhaul that we usually see with a 8.5 balance patch is, is definitely not going to be on the table. It's it's just like, yeah, it's not happening at least until Evo. Yeah, it might happen at Evo, um, but I, I don't really think that before then. Again, they're, they're basically saying outright, not going to happen. Yeah, I have the quote right here in front of me. It says, as I've mentioned recently, there are some things coming in November and December. Once that's out, we're going to lock the game down for a while so people aren't being caught out by balance changes when the qualifiers open up around February and March time. We're getting some big updates out of the way for the end of the year, and then we're going to say, this is Street Fighter V as it exists now, and then let it run its current form until the tournament is over. And I think the tournament he's referring to is the IWO, right? The Intel World Open? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it pretty much flat out tells you right there that that's, that's what to expect. Yeah. Um, so Ono was also asked about the status of Street Fighter V. And he said that the game had a very rocky launch, right? It had a very rough launch, and that's like no news to anyone listening to this. But he does feel that through Capcom's hard work, um, the game is in a good spot right now, right? And, and that they, they've recovered well. Whether you agree with that or not, that's what he's saying. Um, and he said that gamers are still playing about half a million matches a day. And I imagine that's primarily online. I doubt that Capcom actually tracks the offline matches that are happening. Um, I think it's all online, you know, sent to the CFN servers and all that. So half a million is still pretty good. That's a lot of data every single day that's pouring into your servers that you can look at. And he said that all these games provide Capcom with a massive amount of information so that they can view matches and research which characters need buffs and nerfs. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not planning on updating the game anymore, why are you even doing that? And so a key statement that that Ono had here is that's something that we're going to be doing on an ongoing basis is analyzing all these matchups. Again, why would you be doing that if you don't have more planned? Right. Like there, there's got to be a reason to have a team member. Like, you know, if you run a company, um, you can't have five people sitting there analyzing, you know, match data um, for five hours a day, like, you know, once a week or whatever, and not have a good reason to do that. And, and that personally leads me to believe that we are going to get more balance updates or more things happening with the game, but I just don't feel like they're going to come until after Evo. It's They're al- allocating staff to this. They're making it a, a hype point of what they're doing. Maybe it's for Street Fighter VI. Maybe it's for some other thing. But to me, uh, this is another hit from Ono that 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 states that, like, hey, we're, we're looking at, you know, adding more to the game. Maybe that falls through. Maybe it does not happen, but... Why would you have people doing that? You know, why would you have people analyzing it? What does a... Yes, first of all, yes, because it does feel like the one thing that is going to continue, um, not characters, not mechanical updates, uh, but new balances like a balance update buffs and nerfs he pretty much flat out says that um, in the one of the previous quotes and then uh, from what we're coming out of right here but like what does that look like so so the game plays out and then evo happens and such and then another balance update but but no new characters no new other changes to it and at this point the game's (laughs) the game's going to be almost five uh, and it's like is there a point of doing it at that point 
I mean, I think that with Capcom's future so heavily based in esports, I think that they want to buff up their esports plans more so than they want to get a new game out there. Yeah. And I think that's a, I don't necessarily think, again, we know that they're losing money on their esports operations, right? That's, that's a thing. They flat out mentioned that, but it is a medium to long-term strategy for them to make a profit on it. So right now they're trying to bake the infrastructure in there um, with a Street Fighter V, which is a pretty low risk investment for them, right? They're not, you know, imagine they're trying to build an entire esports ecosystem on Street, on Street Fighter VI and they don't have a lot of the information they need to make those correct decisions at that time. And, and I don't think they do. Like their, their esports stuff is too new, relatively speaking, for them to make entire sections of Street Fighter Six like based heavily around it. They could do some and do a great job at it, but all of it, like, but imagine Street Fighter Six comes out with a wealth of knowledge Capcom has with working with companies like Intel and others, and they are able to make a an ecosystem in Street Fighter Six that is a super powered esports League of Legends, um, you know, type of game and approach that just makes sense from top to bottom. I am putting a lot on Capcom's shoulders with that statement, right? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I will say that since they're in the research and development phase of things, it makes a little bit more sense to kind of hold on to Street Fighter V and let them kind of like have the inertia from that and kind of let that power them through this this phase where they don't have to have a Street Fighter Six out the door. Mm-hmm. How long do you think the fans and the players stick around if this update goes well, reasonably well? And I mean, it's, so it is whatever it sounds like it's going to be here and it's a positive and we get a balance update and some new characters, but then Street Fighter V settles in and that's what the game is. How long do you think that the players are going to continue to play it? It's Street Fighter. Uh, and I, it's funny that you brought this up because the interviewer actually brought this up to Ono and they cited Mortal Kombat 11 and they talked about Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, I should say. And Ono took some outright shots at Dragon Ball Z uh, and and just said, like, look, everyone was coming up to me and saying, what are we going to do about Dragon Ball Fighters? You know, it's it's blowing us like out of the water. And he's like, and he's like, no one's talking about the game now. But he's like, people are still talking about Street Fighter. And now they're talking about Mortal Kombat. And he kind of had the viewpoint of like Street Fighter lives on, like no matter what. And he's kind of right. It's the grandfather of of fighting games. And it kind of has this legacy in like, people won't ever go away from it truly. They might get very upset with it and other things like that, but unless Capcom completely drops the ball, people are going to kind of continue to play it. I don't know how many, which is, I think, the point that you're getting at. Like, how many people drop off because this is not enough? And that is a great question. I don't know, and I think a lot of that depends on the the tournament edition for the game. I think that is a chance for them to breathe a lot of life into the game if they're able to do a Tetris 99 type thing. Um, But that is that's asking a lot for a mode that they're adding here in a couple months that we know very little about yeah in in year four that it's as cool as it sounds to me a success there as far as the things that we've been talking about bringing uh, an, a new sense of life to this game that would need to be so good that it got people in the door it got them to stick around and it motivated them to start those that aren't necessarily watching or or participating or going to events to do that in order to really see that esports stick up. Well, no, I'll dial that back a little bit. You just need to get them to care enough to watch, right? Because I think yes. when you're talking yes. esports, you're talking more about stream numbers and viewership than than probably anything else. If you can sell out a stadium, great, but they're certainly not doing that right now. But this mode will have to get enough people excited about the game to care about the Pro Tour and things like that. Yeah, I am... Uh, that would be pulling a rabbit out of your hat, a, a miracle to get people more interested in Street Fighter V and get them to come back. And like the game has increased in sales, which I definitely respect, but it's also gone through a lot of sales on, you know, Steam and other platforms where the game is like 10 bucks or something like that. A lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, I'll drop 10 bucks on this game. That's fine. You know, and that's good. That gives you an install base to work off of. Um, but I don't know how much that's moving the needle beyond your sales going up. And the context that we're talking about, and I, I want to take that a step a step back and say that in some contexts that the, the sales numbers are a really big deal. But what you're talking about here, John, is like the people who are actively consuming Street Fighter Five, the mm-hmm. fighting game communities we know, it, the viewers and stuff. Is this going to move the needle for them? And that is a very big ask. And until I see more about the tournament edition of the game. 
I'm skeptical, but I'm like, maybe because I've seen what Tetris 99 and Fortnite have done. Um, I think it would be a lesser version of that for sure. I, I do not see, you know, a, this additional mode having that kind of impact to the game. But I, I do leave it as a possibility because we need fresh new stuff. We need fresh new ideas. Uh, the old stuff, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for better results, right? Uh, that's it's, And so I look at this and I go, okay, you, you've got my interest. I'm intrigued. Now, can you deliver at that, that, that extremely high level that needs to be done? Can you drop a net code improvement? That, that that ties in with this mode that we're talking about, which does breathe that new life into the game because people are pissed off about the netcode still. And a high, top-quality, amazing netcode experience that ties together players from the U.S. to Japan and to wherever, you know, and they can play each other regularly. Holy crap, I can go play Daigo. I can go play Tokido at this tournament. I'm in, you know, That's type huge. thing. That would be huge for the FGC at large. And man, am I putting so much hype and emphasis on this and... Do I think they're going to deliver on that? No, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, this is this new mode from what we the little we understand about it so far is directly tied to the online experience. And that's one of the still remaining major issues that a lot of people have with this game. And that's a little bit scary to think about uh, for for them. Uh, But the reason I bring up how long do you think this is going to carry and and how long do you think that's going to keep people playing the game is because it also feels like, well, we're maybe still a decent ways away from, from street fighter six too. So it really does feel like street fighter five is going to need to hold the line for a good bit longer. Did you get that out of this interview? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's actually my next point on here because Ono made statements that, that street fighter six is seemingly a ways off. Um, he cites the best thing is not to rush out something at launch of a next generation consoles. Um, and we know those are coming out about a year from now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, if he's not hitting the launch window of the next generation consoles, that means Street Fighter Six would be at the soonest coming out two years from now. And then maybe three, which actually matches up perfectly with what you and I have both discussed previously, you know, of when Street Fighter Six could be coming. That also means that we're looking at two years of Street Fighter Five holding the line here, right? Yeah. Um, yep. and, and am I comfortable saying it can do that? I don't know. It depends. Again, Ono's flat out said, like, we're going to gradually update the game still. I still think quite a bit more, relatively speaking, is coming to Street Fighter V, relatively speaking. Yeah. Well, it sounds like balance patches are after after December of this year. It's like balance patches is what I'm kind of expecting. And, And even then you see a lot of the banter in like what social media and comment sections and take that with a grain of salt. But People saying, yeah, new characters are great and all, but they're certainly not enough to keep me, you know, doing this. Uh, we posted Ixion's, his, his mod with the, uh, an imagined new mechanic on the front page a, a few days ago. And that was a, that kind of drove a conversation about these things. Like, yeah, I'm tired of getting new characters. They're cool, but they're not really enough. Something like this would get me to return to the game. I saw that kind of comment happen quite a bit. There are a lot of handful of people that poo-pooed all over it too, but that seems to be where the community is, the, the communal discussion is sort of at. And, and I do want to address that one. And, and I, I see where a lot of people are coming from, but I'll remind everyone that sometimes you seek out new mechanic changes when really the balance updates are kind of what you're seeking. Like there's- It could be. There's two ways to get to the Apple, right? And, and I'll cite that, you know, Ibuki- her V-Trigger 2 used to be plus on block. That was a big thing. Season 4 comes around, and they're like, hey, um, that is now a negative 2 move on block. And that is something that you and I have personally complained about a lot. And now other people are starting to complain about it quite a bit in the community as well. And what if you universally went through with the balance update, no new mechanics at all, and just said, hey, every V-Trigger activation in this game is now negative on block or at best case, zero. You leave the plus in there, and that's not a new mechanic, but damn, does that ever satisfy that? It's going to revitalize the meta of the game in a number of ways, if you ask me. Oh, absolutely. You could achieve what I think the game needs through just balance changes as opposed to entire mechanical overhauls. In fact, if it were up to me, maybe there are some easy-to-predict sort of changes to make for mechanics, but really it's a little safer 
to just go through and individually balance characters in certain ways instead of introducing, well, everybody gets a new V skill or something like that. Because you got to give that to Alex and Vega and you also have to give it to Akuma, right? And that could just be another big buff for Akuma. Who knows? And you got to think about how major universal mechanical changes are going to affect the entire cast. They could still achieve everything that they need to through just balance patches. And, and, and like I say, that sounds to be like what we're going to get from here on out. And so... Yeah. That, that's, that would be my bet as well. But again, he did talk about big updates coming to the game. Um, we care immensely uh, in the fighting game community about balance updates. Those are huge to us. They are our lifeblood. Like they are so much more important to us than the people on Eurogamer. You know, like the, the fact that Nash is a much better character or a much worse character, they don't care. Most casuals don't like that's not going to bring them in the door. But for us, that is so... I do leave the door open potentially for that kind of stuff to, to come into play, even, you know, new mechanical changes and all that. We have heard rumors of new V skills and new V triggers and all that. It could be happening. Um, I just like you, this did pour a little bit of water on that idea. And I'm not as I'm not thinking is it's as likely as I did before. I did appreciate what he said about like, what did you learn from Street Fighter five as, as moving on to what you're going to do with Street Fighter 6. They learn that you need to launch a game and it needs to be good at launch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you did, baby. Yeah, you did. I actually, on that note, I thought something was interesting that, that really stood out to me because we've speculated that, you know, is the next game going to be an Alpha 4 or is it going to be, you know, some kind of other offshoot of the series, right? But Ono actually says in the, the interview, he goes Street Fighter 6 and Street Fighter 7. And that to me kind of says like, it looks like where their head is at right now that they're going to continue in the same, you know, main series that they, they have been for this time. Like we're not going to see an alpha four or anything like that anytime soon. It's not a lock. Again, it could just be, you know, that's what Ono's using as terminology right now. But these statements sometimes are indicators of where people's headspace are currently at. And, uh, and there it is. Could so. be. Yeah. One last thing I want to, I want to chime in on here with the Ono interview is that he acknowledged that their, their net code for their fighting game titles needs to be better at launch for any new entries that they do. They're aware of the heavy demand there, which is very a very good thing for our community. The fact that our community has made that extremely well known and just like, we're going to say like, hey, look, this has to be a thing. It, it's like, okay, I don't know if it's coming to Street Fighter V, but I would, I'd be willing to bet thousands of dollars without blinking an eye that the, the Street Fighter VI netcode is going to be better than what's in Street Fighter V. Like, I, I'm like very confident in that. Capcom has heard that message loud and clear, and they're addressing it. When they, when they put a statement like that in an interview, and they say it with as much conviction as they are right here, um, that's a big deal. That, that really does add to it. And again, I will note to people that rollback netcode is not trivial to add to these games to make these games work at a very high level and have fluid and wonderful online play like what we have with killer instinct what we have with mortal kombat 11 it is a lot of work and the fact that they're saying hey we're willing to do this and we're going to invest in this that's a big sign for us going forward i hope it comes to street fighter 5 uh, you know we'd always take it sooner rather than later i wish it was here yesterday right like that would be great um but the fact that they, they're so open with this is a really good sign to me. And, you know, again, stuff like the Intel Open that which we keep talking about is held online. Like they have to put that emphasis there for esports, for community. And it's going to, this could unite our player base like finally. Like we have cross play and then we have great net code. Like again, I could regularly have matches with someone in Japan and, and it would be a regular thing. And I could have a training partner over there and it would open so many doors for our community, which would be wonderful. Man, I'm very hyped about that, and I'm I'm finally happy to see Capcom ha has backed off like what happened with Street Fighter Four, where they're like, you know, netcode, it's good enough, you know, that the Street Fighter Four netcode, it's fine, you know, type thing, and it was not fine. Like we needed the rollback netcode. They should have taken more time to develop it. I understand why it didn't happen, but now they're changing their tune and they're finally putting the emphasis on something that is very important to our community and will help us grow, I believe, quite a bit over time. Online is for sure the biggest part of the, the potential here, right? Like you're saying, it's, it's got a really high ceiling in terms of the kind of returns you're going to get from uh, uh, buffing up this particular aspect of the game and of the experience. And that's the most important thing, I, I think, of, of, of the kind of topics that they can be tackling. And so it is very reassuring to hear that they're doing that. They also, or they, Ono also brought up the ideas about um, AI and a smarter yeah. AI to help teach people the game instead of 
instead of it just being like, well, if you make an AI, an AI harder to beat, that just means it reads your inputs and lets you get away with less stuff, right? It's things along those lines. But instead of that, I think he used uh, an example of like problem X is bison. Why is it so much better than my bison? Well, maybe an AI could get smart enough in teaching you where it tells you, well, problem X would have blocked during this frame trap attempt here and then he would have moved this way at this point and something on that level. When I read that, I go, yes, you are in tune with the group, <laughs> the part of the community that I am in. And you see that all the time, people talking about training modes and that we really need better training modes in fighting games. That kind of piggybacks off what you were getting at with netcode and that they are really trying to listen to what the people want and it's nice to see that they're hitting it not only from the netcode side, which, or I'm sorry, the online experience, I should say, but netcode's a huge part of that, right? Um, that's, that's, again, the most important, but they're doing it on other levels too. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I don't know if I'm excited for the future of five. I'm intrigued, but I'm excited for what's beyond that as well. There it is. I think that's about all I can... <laughs> muster up from this interview so far we'll revisit it like you said on the the site proper and probably talk about a few of these ideas in future podcasts as well but interesting times for street fighter in general street fighter 5 more immediately but then the franchise is uh well there there are definitely plans for it moving into the coming years street fighter 6 street fighter 7 but i wanted to make a little bit of a transition here and go into uh well fighting games in general but specifically it's happening right now in the realm of tekken people have been asking harada the uh like what is he now the executive the general manager now at bandai namco and uh people are asking him for characters that represent the cultures that they come from because Tekken has become huge. They've been going all around the world. It's got a world tour now. There's all the stories that have been coming out of how the Pakistani scene has been secretly amazing at this game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and people like Arslan Ash, and, and not by any means just Arslan Ash, a whole handful of Pakistani competitors have come out of the woodwork and shown that they very well might be the best scene around right now. Um, but people are, are bringing up to Harada on uh, social media, like, I'd like to see characters that represent, uh, I think there's a Nigerian person that said, you know, someone from my culture and, and of course, the, the Pakistani culture and such. And we're here in 2019 and we are in a fairly woke culture. So this kind of content is, uh, is very uh, sensitive, we'll say. And fighting games do not have the best track record when it comes to doing justice to these sorts of things you know um, street fighter is one that you know you bring up a lot of examples from uh, fairly easily but i mean it, it's a thread through a lot of different fighting games and so harada has said that he essentially wants to he he hears you he hears that we'll we'll continue to do this and now that he's traveling the world more he's you know, he himself is getting more familiar with these other cultures and such, and will be able to more effectively contribute to creating characters like this. But he, it's very clear that he has some hesitations because if you get this sort of a thing wrong, uh, that can be your ass really quickly. <laughs> so um, just, it, it's interesting because looking back over a lot of the characters that have popped up over the years in Street Fighter and in Tekken and such, there certainly are, I guess you say inaccurate, but like stereotypical representations of, of cultures and such. And to the degree that's offensive, uh, I mean, it, it, it varies, I suppose. But I don't know that all of it is necessarily uh, uh, all that offensive. And some of it is, is kind of received in a, almost like a comedic light where it's like a thread that, that plays through an entire game and it's like not singling out just any I, one I, culture. I think a good example actually to throw out here since we're both Americans um, and it's an easy one to do is is Rufus in Street Fighter 4. He's a fat American guy who's got a lot of kind of stereotypical stuff going against him, mm -hmm. right? I personally didn't find him offensive. I don't believe that you did either, right? No, and, but and, I see why people would. Exactly. In, in our cancel culture right now of, of like, you know, you know, getting likes and getting retweets and stuff on Twitter by blowing the stuff out of proportion and getting notoriety for yourself, I see why it's a thing. And as video game developers, I get why they don't want that against them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like getting blown up by that. I mean, it, it's having your boss come in and have a serious conversation with you because you put Rufus in the game. 
that's not easy. And then it's like, okay, well, do we remove this character? Do we redesign him? Like, what do we do with him at that point? A lot of resources have gone into making him and just completely redoing the character because, uh, you know, 50 people got offended or whatever. It, it's, I mean, that stuff has happened, right? So yeah. um, it's it's a very interesting thing, but yeah, I wanted to, to give an example there. Well, yeah, and Street Fighter Four is a fairly common example because, uh, I mean, it, it saw a pretty big boom recently and a lot of people playing the game and, and therefore a lot of analysis of things like this. But you also have like... Um, El Fuerte, right? Or even Zangief. Zangief has bear costumes and is wrestling bears as a Russian. You're like, okay, that's like, is that offensive? I don't know. El Fuerte gets brought up a lot. All of his moves are references to uh, Latino, I think specifically Mexican dishes, right? You got your quesadilla bombs and your tostada flips and things like that. But at the same time, the character is a chef. It's like, where is the line there? I don't know. It's, it's a very, I don't envy the developers that have to go through this because it is a big thing. You want to have a very diverse roster, and when you're a world warrior, right, or or your your uh, roster has characters that hail from all over the globe, you want accurate representation, and you want to uh, you want to pay homage to all the different fans that have been supporting you, and and you want to make them happy. So. Yeah, I, I, I get where Harada is coming from with all of this. And like I say, I do not envy their position. Yeah, it's I it's walking through a damn minefield. And you you I think you stick with some existing designs. Um, but I mean, we have examples of a story you put up of where they went back and redid Chief Thunder in Killer Instinct because he had some offensive qualities to him. And I don't mean his gameplay. Uh, I mean, you know, well. Chief Thunder means actually might argue with that one, but regardless, I mean actually how he's, how he's depicted in game. Yeah, it was a big update from the original Thunder yes. from like the 1990s Killer Instinct. Uh, they already kind of knew that they wanted to go a totally different direction and be more accurate with the 2013 Killer Instinct. And I think Thunder was one of the DLC characters, so he might have come out a year or two afterwards. But they paid attention to that and they were trying to be more accurate. And even after he came out, they went back and they were even further accurate, changing things like, okay, so he would wear, this is the kind of headdress specifically that um, a Native American from, I don't know where Thunder is specifically supposed to be from, but would be wearing this, but they wouldn't be wearing this into battle. This was the kind of thing that they'd be wearing for, you know, some kind of a peaceful ceremony. So this isn't accurate. And they were getting onto that level of detail. I mean, they're, they're really going out of their way to make sure that the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. Yeah, I don't know where this leaves us as the fighting game community uh, and other places. I... It's hard, and it, it's it's what our society is always dealing, or I should say, what they are dealing with right now, and, and it, it's all over the place. I mean, if you listen to the comedy specials with like Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr and a few others, like they address it head on, and then there are outlets like just completely um, uh, destroying those guys for their opinions on the stuff and what their comedy routines are doing and all that, and. I don't know where the balance point is at. It's certainly going to take a smarter person than me to figure it out. And I don't know what we do to handle this in the fighting game community. Um, I think we just continue to support the products that, that we want to, you know, and vote with our wallets and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if there's any real big takeaway for us because the FGC is very accepting and very open with most things. Like we don't usually care a lot about this stuff, probably because we've been so you know exposed to it over the years. It's like kind of like whatever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's kind of the outside people that are mainly the target of this stuff right now. Um, I, I really don't see Hirata talking about the FGC or Ono or anyone like that when it comes to these issues. Um, and I, I kind of think there it is. And so it's a little over my head. Uh, I don't know what goes through the council culture people's heads with this kind of stuff and, and what they find okay and whatnot. And, and if like five people complain on Twitter, is that too much, you know, kind of thing? Or does it need to be like 20 people complain or 200 or I don't know. You know, there's so many questions of this stuff that I don't have good answers for. And so I, I kind of take a bow on this one and, and bow out, yeah. I should say. And, and just like, uh, what do I do? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, should, we should note that Tekken 7, they, they created Shaheen for this game, right? Mm -hmm. He's Saudi Arabian. And they were praised, uh, I think, widely for... For the character being, uh, I think the, uh, a handful of headlines that I saw said that this was the first like actual accurate cultural depiction <laughs> for, for the series, something along those lines. And since there have been a handful of other characters that they've, they've 
taken, uh, they've been more nuanced with when it comes to this particular arena. So they're already on their way. And one of the big takeaways here, because it sounds a little bit daunting, it's like, yeah, this is a big thing and it could it could hurt you a lot and, and the developers are facing it. In Harada's responses, I think it's a good place that he's at because he's not afraid of it. He's cautious about it, but he's still tackling it. And it sounds as though whatever does come out of, you know, like in the next couple of years or whatever, whatever in the future is produced as far as characters and paying attention to culture, they're pretty close to it. And I think it'll be okay. I think they'll do a good job. Well said. All right. So next up, um, I wanted to actually get into, because we've been talking a lot about balance previously, and I wanted to talk about Bolt Strike taking down Moke. Uh, Bolt Strike is a Vega player and Moke is a Rashid main. Um, and Bolt Strike actually beat Moke four straight rounds at EGX. And then uh, Jester Power, who's another Vega player, uh, beat Sako, and Sako is a Monat player. Um, and I, I just wanted to highlight this because you don't have to play a top tier to beat some of the best players around. These are very top end great players. Uh, I mean, someone using Rashid at that level is a monster, right? Um, and then Sako, of course, is a legend in the fighting game community. Um, Vega is considered to be mostly a garbage character in Street Fighter V. Um, and, but it was also very clear when watching the footage that, that Moke, despite how experienced he is and good he is, he was clearly not prepared for some of the setups and tactics that, that were going to be, you know, that were pulled out in the matchup. Um, Jester Power's win wasn't nearly as dominant, but again, when you're taking down one of the best in the game, you're not going to complain, right? Like, <laughs> that's just like, hey, I'll take that any day. Um, and my point here is, you can be a low tier hero and do well. Uh, and we talk about balance like all the time. And there's a good reason for that. We're trying to, you know, get in the casuals and getting, you know, all this kind of stuff. A lot of people do not have the fortitude to see through playing a character like Vega or Ed or something like that and getting them to the level where they beat Sako in tournament. You know, that's just most people do not have that in them. And that's how come game balance is important. We want to even the, the playing field as much as we can. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you see that happen, you want to highlight it and you want to remind the people, you know, listening to the podcast, watching our website, playing these games and whatnot, you can do the same thing. You can, you can be a great low tier, you know, character hero. You do have the fortitude. You're a hardcore player. If you're listening to this, right? Like this is, this is in your blood to a level and you can pull the stuff off. I got to Grandmaster rank in street fighter five. That's great if you're listening to this, you can do it too. Like it's, it's about putting in the time and the, the energy and effort and training hard and smart, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's not like I have some special skill set that, that allowed me to get there. Like it's entirely possible to get up to, to any level that you want to. It's, it's really about what you want to do. You know, is, is that a big goal for you or not? Um, and anyway, so I, I, I usually play lower tier characters. Um, not an exception to that. Um, and again, and obviously I'm going to play Rose like whenever she's out. So if she's high tier or crap tier. I'm still playing her. Right. That, that's how I roll. Um, but just because something is super hard in these games doesn't mean it's impossible. And it happened right at EGX, a premier tournament, a very, very, very big tournament. And, and these players did a great job there. I got to say, when I'm playing online and I run into an Ed that's like a Grandmaster ranked, or even even just like Master, or a Fong, or an Alex, I'm a lot more... Uh, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm pretty comfortable running into Rashid. I'm like, again, I know what's kind of coming, and I have my basic game plan because I've at least been exposed to this so many times. I know what's up. But I run into a high level of a, a player of a character that isn't around very often, and I'm terrified. And I usually lose because how much experience do you have at that level? And like maybe at the, I mean, a character would be bad because they're just so fundamentally not there. They just have so many fewer options that it's, it's not that they, it's just that they don't have the amount of fuel, the amount of life, the amount of energy, the amount of potential that Akuma does, right? <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of stuff that you probably haven't seen before just because you haven't had the experience. And when Vega does a random wall dive after hitting a sweep and you're like, why is he doing that there? And then he ends up on one side of you and command grabs you and you had no idea that that was going on or these crazy setups, especially in a tournament match. Man, that's that's really dangerous. We've talked about that back in the early days of Street Fighter V 
saying that the game was fairly random and that any character could just come out and win, especially in a two out of three, that's become less and less of a thing as mm-hmm. people have had more experience. But that's still a thing, man. Like you could still run into characters and, and like have no idea what's coming. Just like I don't, Ed. I know it. He he does punch moves right, and then you're dead. So it's funny you should mention that. But Fudo ran into Knuckledoo's G at the Latin America Open premiere. And again, another, you know, premier tournament, big stakes on the line. Um, and Fudo actually kept trying to do Mika's uh, hop anti-air attack, which I believe is her crouching medium punch. Mm-hmm. And um, he was trying it against cross-ups and it whiffed constantly. Like Knuckle Dew kept doing it because it's like, okay, we're, you're going to try that, right? Like, I'm just going to blow you up for it. And he did. Um, and Fudo actually ended up backing off with Mika. And started resorting to mic shenanigans where, you know, she's talking into the microphone and trying to get like, you know, a random hits and other stuff off that. Um, it actually worked one time, but it failed three other times and it hurt his chances tremendously at succeeding against G. And my, my point here is, is to back up what you said. It's not to put Fudo on blast. It's more to illustrate that even top level amazing players lack matchup knowledge against some of the cast and that can be exploited and you can go in there and play a vega or a g or a few others and matchup knowledge is is very often a binary thing you've either got it or you don't and and matches where you don't know what to do uh, I, i highly recommend watching other top you know, top end player footage, basically, like it will give you a baseline of what to expect it, like go in there and watch 801 Strider, watch Knuckle Dew. like you'll have a great idea of kind of what to expect. But Fudo didn't do his homework here. And he ended up getting pieced out in winter semifinals. And then he lost to items Laura and placed at fifth overall. And the, the difference here is if Fudo does his homework, maybe he gets into winner's finals and maybe he wins the entire tournament or maybe he gets second place. That's what Fudo does, <laughs> you know, but, but again, that one match could have changed his entire outcome of that tournament. And it was very clear to me because I, I play against Chi a lot. He did not do his homework. There's plenty of other players who do, you know, the G matchup homework, but Fudo didn't. And, you know, Fudo's amazing. Uh, the guy's awesome. Uh, and he got married very recently, too. Congrats to him. Congrats but, to Fudo. Yeah, but uh, again, just because uh, you don't have matchup knowledge, like there's a lot of top-end players who don't have that either. And there it is. Yeah, and also Japan, I don't know if they still feel this way, but apparently they do because Fudo wasn't ready for it. But they were saying G's fairly low tier and such, and didn't see the potential in him. I, I would like to hear if they have changed or amended their comments there at, at L because that character, man, yeah. that character. Um, I did want to circle back again to to Bolt Strike um, and Jester Power and mention that with tiers and whatnot, because you know, we talk about Ed being low tier, right, and Falk and all that other stuff, like uh, in Vega, of course. Um, you can build yourself up, because I've played so many low tier, medium tier characters in the game. I, I should say medium tier is usually what I play, right? Um, you can build yourself up to the point where tiers don't matter as much. They still matter, but they don't matter nearly as much. Because um, I, I bet no one putting together a tier list right now for Vega has a matchup knowledge that Bolt Strike or Jester Power has, right? Like, I, it's just like, where do you get that matchup level knowledge unless you main the character at that level? Um, and so while we might have Vega as one of the worst characters in the game collectively, um, those players might have him as a mid-tier or better character because they see things everyone else does not. And I'm not saying Vega is mid-tier. Um, I think people are probably pretty accurate with them. But maybe when these players are using him, he's actually a mid-tier character. Because they just fundamentally understand so much more about him than other people do. Yeah, you got that advantage. I, I got away with so much stuff as Goken player because people just hadn't seen it. And I couldn't get away with that in Arizona and then shortly thereafter in California. But I could take that stuff to, you know, Chicago or something like that and, and get away with a lot. I don't think I ever went to Chicago in Street Fighter Four era, but we'll say New York. <laughs> yeah, and so I'll say once again that it doesn't matter as much what other people think of your character or your tactics. It matters what you think of them. You can do amazing things with characters as long as you think they're good. As long as you know what you're doing is fine, stick with it. You're, you're good to go. Um, I play V-Trigger 2 with Manat and I I had a very top end player who was very nice about it um, tell me that I should be switching over to V Trigger 1 and I would be getting way better results with it. Uh, this is a very good player and they're going to remain nameless, but I just recently blew that player up with V Trigger 2 multiple times. Uh, one, our first set 2 0, and then the next set 2 1. Um, and kicked his butt with V Trigger 2 because he did not understand how to counter it and what I was doing properly. And, and a large portions of my wins were due to that, right? Um, and again, there's a lot of bad advice out there about this stuff, but it comes down to if you know something is good, 
stick with it. You're fine. You don't have to go and play Rashid. Your life is going to be easier, but if you're not filling it, if you don't want to play Rashid, then don't. Like, stick with Vega. You can do a lot of stuff with that character. And, and again, people are going to give you a lot of bad advice and say, oh, switch off. Don't do it. You don't have to follow that. You don't have to do that kind of stuff. Um, you can have success and, and a lot of fun, more importantly, right? The, the fun factor of these games. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can have so much of that just by sticking to your guns if that's what's in your heart and in your head. Believe in your dreams. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, uh, um, I, I just wanted to share some like lower tier examples there. You know, some under the radar situations people may not have seen. You know, we, we focus so much on like, you know, the, the highest end of things and like what Rashid and Akuma and all these other characters are doing, rightfully so. But there's a lot of shining examples of stuff kind of happening, you know, beneath the surface you may not just see at, at a glance, but it's there. It's not like it's not happening. It's, it's right there at two very big open premieres um, not that long ago. So... Anyway, so actually that's going to wrap us up for this uh, episode of the Event Hubs podcast. And we're going to be back again very soon, uh, again in a week's time. And I have a hunch we're going to be talking like a lot more about this Ono interview and kind of everything that's going on in Street Fighter V. We're going to have a new character soon. We're going to have balance changes. There's so much going on with the game. I'm very hyped I mean, up about it. And, we've got uh, the, yeah. the Pro Tours wrapping up too. Mm-hmm. I think this is we're getting into some, uh, some nitty-gritty some exciting times. I think there's going to be a little bit of a surge here uh, in one way or another, and probably multiple ways for this game. And, uh, and I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm guardedly excited for it. We'll say it that way. I am dumb excited for it because I have a hunch that's going to come back to bite me, but I'm still excited either way. It's fine. You know, it's, (laughs) it's going to hit me in the face. It's what it always does, but I'm still overly optimistic. There it is. And yeah. Right on. Well, hey, thank you everybody for listening. Like I, I appreciate it very much. Whenever I go back and, and look through and, and see that, it, it feels like it's just John and I right here. You know, just just talking and stuff. But like, there, there's a whole community behind this, and I've probably said this before, but it, it gets me excited. And I and I really appreciate that you guys would welcome us into you know your car, your workout routine, or whatever it is you're doing, your lives, and uh, and hang with us for a little bit. And so. Any questions, please, you know, we'll, we'll get to them, uh, send it in, but thank you guys so much for, for listening and for participating in this and being a part of this venture that we've been very excited to do and, and are excited to continue to do. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Believe in your dreams. <laughs>